Lakeisha Gunter, and you're listening to Roar, an energetic and enlightening weekly podcast that will help you achieve more. This weekly infusion of candid insights, indispensable lessons, inspiring stories, and success strategies for living your best life now will help you on your journey to making your dreams a reality. My experience as a Fortune 50 business and tech executive has led me to meet some pretty amazing people. On Roar, I share real talks with top executives, thought leaders, luminaries, authors, and entrepreneurs who are passionate about building the next generation of inspired, empowered, game-changing leaders. Are you ready to fear less and move into your dream life? Let's Roar! Welcome to Roar. I'm your host, Lakeisha Gunter. So what do I mean by Roar? The beauty of Roar is that it's both an acronym. The acronym stands for Reflection, Opportunity, Action, and Relationships. And it's an action. We are all born with it. A hidden power inside of us. It is a fire that is often suppressed by fear. That power is your Roar. And it's waiting to be unleashed. Today, We're going to talk about the power of human connection and the value of building and maintaining strategic relationships in the midst of the pandemic. Most of us are working from home with minimal contact with the outside world because all gatherings, daily activities outside the home, happy hours, and dining in restaurants have been put on hold for the foreseeable future. As a result, numerous natural networking events have evaporated. So how do we cultivate and manage our relationships in such unusual circumstances of crises, concern, and quarantine? Networking is about nurturing relationships with people. So how can we build our dream network even during the self-isolation of the pandemic? Everything we do right now, from sending emails to making calls to sending texts, is more important than ever. How we make people feel now is going to linger longer than these difficult times. My guest today, Tanya Desa, believes that we can still connect in a pure and authentic way, and she's here to tell us exactly how to do this. I had the pleasure of meeting Tanya over five years ago when I attended a networking mastery workshop she facilitated for leaders. It was outstanding. The learning that I achieved in that class, I have used every day in building my network. And ever since that moment, we've been connected. On numerous occasions, she's delivered leadership trainings to my teams on various topics that has helped us become more well-rounded leaders. Let me introduce you to Tanya. She is a CEO of DeSa Global Leadership Incorporated, an international leadership training firm whose mission is to inspire professionals to find their voice and visibility in corporate boardrooms so they can feel more engaged and get promoted at work. As a leadership trainer, Tanya draws from intercultural experiences of traveling to over 80 countries and living, studying, and working in countries such as Australia, Japan, Hungary, Spain, and China. She's a professionally trained coach and holds an international MBA from Asade Business School in Spain and Peking University in China. Tanya has thrived in corporate sales and marketing management roles with large companies in the healthcare industry, such as Pfizer, Medtronic, and Johnson & Johnson, just to name a few. She also leads an employee resource group leadership council 
whereby Fortune 500 companies engage in quarterly diversity roundtables as part of her board of directors role with the nonprofit North American Association of Asian Professionals in Toronto. You are in for a treat. So let me welcome Tanya to the show. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much, Lakeisha. I'm thrilled to be here. We are so excited to have you here today to talk about the power of connection and building strategic relationships, which I know you know a lot about, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh, those are my favorite words, building strategic relationships. (laughs) Well, I tell you, let's launch right in. I know we have a lot to cover and I'm just excited to share you with the audience. Before we kind of jump into the power of connection and building strategic relationships, I want to just share you with my audience. I've had the opportunity to get to know you and love you. But can you share with the audience a bit about your background, where you're from, and who were some of your biggest influences growing up? Sure. Yes. So I'm from Toronto, Canada. I am the eldest of three girls, and I come from immigrant parents. Not only immigrant parents, but my parents came from India, and they moved to Canada, and they started their own business. So immigrant entrepreneur parents. And I really hold that part of my journey and who they are really close to my heart because I feel like I've seen them start a business, you know, persevere. I've seen what determination and resilience really looks like both at home and in business. And I have to say one thing I really learned from them at a young age was their curiosity. My parents, they're the kind of people who love to stop and talk to everyone. And I remember <laughs> growing up, it being really frustrating. You know, do you have to talk to everybody in the grocery store? We're on vacation. Do we? It takes us forever to get from point A to point B because they wanted to stop and talk to everybody. But soaking that up at a young age, it really became a part of me. And I saw the value of being curious and talking to strangers and getting really comfortable to talking with strangers at a young age. So I think that that was really, you know, my parents were huge influencers and still are huge influencers in my life. And it shaped a lot about a lot of who I am and how I show up today. Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind why you're such a natural connector and you are an amazing leadership coach and really can teach others exactly how to do what you learned at a very early age. It it comes natural and you've helped us become more natural at it. So thank you for sharing that story. So when you think back on your experiences growing up that really shaped who you are, and this sounds like, you know, what you just described of, of seeing your parents be very curious and love to connect with others. What stands out for you as that defining moment that really helped you define your roar? Oh, I love that question. Defining my roar. So (laughs) I would say, you know, when I was 15 years old, I won a scholarship to go study abroad in Perth, Australia. And my parents shipped me off. I was, you know, taking that huge cross-continental flight on my own at the age of 15. And I remember being a whole ball of nerves and adrenaline and excitement and landing in a place where you only know one person. I only knew my exchange student, didn't know anyone else. It was scary and also super exciting. So through that journey of, you know, landing in a new place and reaching out and having to make new friends, you know, you really learn to lean into who you are and to connect with people and to throw yourself so outside your comfort zone that you show yourself what you're truly made of. And that was a really formative experience in my in my life because it really opened my eyes up to the possibility to the world to possibilities that exist 
to people who have come from different backgrounds and different cultures, have accents that are different than mine, have life stories and experiences that were different to mine. So I think it really opened up the floodgates for me to see what diversity looks like, how you can land somewhere and not know anyone and really build a community for yourself. And for me, it was recognizing that I can do that once. It became part of my DNA. And it really helped me have the confidence to do that again and again and again. So now I look back and I've lived abroad six times in my life. I've Mm -hmm. traveled to over 83 different countries, went on a round the world trip, worked at the UN in Geneva. And I really feel like it was when I was 15 and that experience that showed me, opened up the world to me and it showed me the power of learning and growing and staying curious and, and really being open to all the diversity that exists out in the big world. Wow. I love that. So powerful. You know, at an early age, to your point, you learned how to land anywhere in the world and get connected and build that environment that you could thrive. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. And I think that's so important for so many of us, right? Like now I'm an entrepreneur and I run a company that where we help empower people to do that, to connect wherever they are in the world. So whether it's in business or in life and whatever stage you know, your life stage you're at, we Mm -hmm. all are landing somewhere and need to build a community around us. Absolutely. Wow. Well, speaking of that, right, I mean, I think, you know, we are in a new world, so to speak, with what we're experiencing in the environment on multiple fronts, right? And global fences are down. You know, what does that really mean? And what opportunity does it present for us in the current environment that we're in today? Well, you're absolutely right. Global fences are down. And in my opinion, that really means that it's acknowledging that we're all in this together, that no matter where you're coming from, what city, what country, what time zone, what industry or company, we are all in this together. You know, we're working from home. We are navigating in a world that we were all thrown into quite rapidly. And we're all just trying to figure it out. And I think when we look at relationships, it also means that we have equal access to everyone. If we're all meeting virtually, there's less gatekeepers to try to get that meeting or to try to knock on their door. So I think there are pros and cons to this, global fences being down. The pro is you can reach out to anyone right now. It's really about having the courage to reach out and to connect to people, knowing that we are all craving connection and community right now. And the only thing holding us back is sometimes just ourselves. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I think also perhaps a con, but I really choose to see the silver lining in it is that the world that we're in right now, just working from home, you know, post COVID era is also one that where business and our personal lives, they've never been so integrated. I mean, we're just wearing, you know, we're wearing so many different roles and hats right now that it's an opportunity for us to really lean into what we want more of and where do we need to give ourselves more permission to show up on the business side, on the personal side, and really look at where we want to go in our own career journey and our life journey. Wow. So powerful. You're right. I mean, I mean, to your point, you know, we're zooming every day. The question is who's zooming who, right? WebEx or whatever platform we're on, right? And we are still craving that human connection or that natural connection in that community. You're so right. I mean, I think, you know, the environment is uh, shifting a bit in terms of we're in different phases of this COVID-19 and people are just so excited to just see another person, right? And smile without a mask on. (laughs) So um, 
it brings joy to be able to just, you know, connect with another human. There's still opportunity to your point to build those pure and natural connections, even in this virtual world. So let's talk a little bit about maybe some, how we can better connect, um, how we can better network. And in doing so, let's tackle some of the myths and truths about networking and how we can even take it to the next level, even in this environment. You know, many times people get a little nervous about networking because they feel like, oh, it's, it's either you love it or you hate it. So maybe talk about how we can truly take networking to the next level. Sure. And, you know, that's so true. The word itself, networking, is so polarizing. I mean, let's face it, when someone says even that word, you either feel that adrenaline and that excitement, or you feel completely terrified. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It's just one or the other. You love it or you hate it. And I feel like there is this huge opportunity to tackle some of those beliefs. I mean, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, networking can be such a powerful concept or practice for you. And I think it's really leaning into recognizing that we all have value to bring. I think so many of us believe that networking has to be done a certain way. And what if I'm doing it wrong? There's no such thing as doing it wrong. If we peel back all the layers and really boil it down, networking is all about human connection. Mm -hmm. It is connecting with another person another person who puts their pants on the exact same way you do, right? I love it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ma'am. But yeah, irrespective of the role, the title, you know, what country they're coming from, what seniority level they have, we all put our pants on the same way. <laughs> so it's really getting back to that core feeling of being curious, being genuine, showing up as you are, taking the pressure off, and really wanting to connect with another human being. I think also a part of that is so many of us, and I hear this a lot of, oh, networking, you know, do I really have to do it? Is this something that I should be doing? A lot of those shoulds come up for us when we start thinking of that the concept or even taking action. And what I really want to encourage listeners in the community, your community to think about is why not now? Because at the end of the day, networking, if it's about connecting with someone. It's about learning something new. It's about adding value. Even if that's a five-minute conversation or an hour-long conversation, it's this two-way value. And knowing that you what you put in today, you'll be able to reap those benefits sometimes a week later, sometimes three years later. So it's about building that equity. And we mm-hmm. only do that by giving, by giving value first. And we all have something of value to give. I love that. I love that. Right. It's, I love what you said in terms of just being curious and giving and sharing. It just reminds me of um, being a child, right? A child is never afraid to run up to a stranger and ask a question or to share a story. And that's really what you're saying is find those ways to connect and have a little bit of childlike faith. <laughs> exactly. The childlike wonder, you know, you're yes. right. children are so curious. They have, you know, a million questions and they want to learn more about who you are. And if we're able to take just a percentage of that childlike wonder into every conversation that we have, oh my goodness, we can be having some really spectacular conversations right now. I agree. I love that. The wonder of it all. Okay. (laughs) What beliefs and fears hold us back from reaching out to strangers? And you touched on this a little bit, but what are some of those, maybe the top two or three that comes to mind? Yes. Fear of rejection. I think that's number one. We have this fear of, ooh, what if they don't like me? 
what if it's that awkward silence? Oh gosh, you know, not that awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> the fear of failing, of what if I'm not doing it right? What if I reach out to someone and they don't respond back or they miss the meeting altogether? You know, mm-hmm. we have fear of rejection, all those fears, it brings up shame in us. It pulls us back so often. And I think the invitation here is really the opportunity to grow, to feel a little uncomfortable and do it anyway. It's too deep before we feel totally ready, right? And we know that, and it's also believing that we have something of value to give. So often, I feel what really holds people back is their internal monologue, you know, that little voice, that little inner roommate that speaks to us like, oh, why would they want to talk to you? Or what's in it for them? Why would they give you 15 minutes of their time? How can you possibly be of value to them? And it's about quieting that voice, you know, kicking that roommate into another room and reminding ourselves that we all have something of value to give whether that's a book recommendation, a restaurant recommendation, actively listening, you know, having one great question and then providing a sacred space of silence for that person to share their story or to answer that question. That is gold. And whether you're an introvert or extrovert, we can all do that. So I think it's it's really you know, that's when we remember that, when we remind ourselves we all have something of value to give and that conversations are two ways. We leap before we feel totally ready and we're able to move past some of those fears and to take action. I love that. I love that, right? I mean, you've given us some action steps that we can take, right? To move out of that fear zone um, into the wonderment zone of really starting to uh, build that network, um, new connections, or even refresh the ones that we already have. Understanding that we all have something to offer, that someone else will find a value, right? Exactly. And you touch on something so great there, Lakeisha. It's refreshing the ones that we already have. Absolutely. I mean, some of us, we feel so bad and we hold ourselves back from reconnecting or sending that email to somebody because we feel like it's been too long, you know? oh, the the opportunity may have passed, but the opportunity never passed. It's just, we hold ourselves back. So if if the opportunity never passes, it means there's always an opportunity, a chance for us to take action, to take one step towards something or someone and see what happens. Love it. Love it. So maybe talk a little bit about some things that you've, and you've taught me and many uh, leaders over the years of how do we actually do it? How do we really make this a simple process or steps one, two, three to begin to move in the direction of building a very nurturing environment and community of support? Okay. Oh, I love this. And all, all <laughs> actionable <laughs> takeaways. <laughs> oh, one thing that was very important for me, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a people pleaser. You know, I want to go into a room and feel like I belong. And Absolutely. People will like me. I want to show up as 110% of who I am and really maximize that, that moment. So one thing that I think it's really important to do is to get into peak state. You know, before mm. you walk into a networking event or now before you log into a Zoom call or WebEx or jump onto a team meeting or you have to make a big presentation to an executive or a client, get into peak state. Now, for each of us, I think this is something different. For me, it is dancing and 
feeling pure joy. So I like put on a song, I'll, I'll bust up some Zumba music. Right. <laughs> I will get physically energized and get into that place of pure joy and me at a hundred percent so that I'm able to show up as I am and give myself full permission. And that matters. You know, I love Amy Cuddy's TED talk about power poses. And I feel like if we can hold a power pose for two minutes, whether that's standing in the Wonder Woman position or just taking up space, physical space, it is something so simple that this gift that we can give to ourselves so that we can show up ready to handle any challenge or to rock any meeting. So power posing, getting to peak state first is super important. What gets you into peak state, Lakeisha? What's it for you? Yeah, it's exactly what you just said. I love music. I love to dance as well. And so I'll play a song and just kind of get myself pumped up. The other thing too, is if I've got a big meeting or presentation or, you know, I'm getting ready to walk into something that's super important, I need to perform well, I'll just call a friend or whatever. And we'll have a quick chat. And you know, my, my girlfriend will pump me up or, you know, I call another friend, and we might do a quick prayer. And we say, you got this, go get them, you know, that type of thing. And the other thing to me is that accountability with a partner. If I've called you, Tanya, and I'm like, hey, I've got this meeting and we get the pep talk going. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back. and I'm going to give you an update. So that accountability also helps me to make sure that I get in the room and I deliver and I can come back and tell you the, the success story. I love that. And I really hear you say, you know, leaning into the power of a community and your own yes. personal board of directors. We all need cheerleaders. And, you know, second step to activate our network and how to take action is to remember that we don't have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Especially, you don't have to go to an event alone. You don't have to join a webinar alone. You can have a buddy call a friend, have someone join it with you, have somebody take this course with you, have somebody on Zoom and you, you're watching this webinar together, whatever it is, we don't have to do it alone. So I think when we're you know, talking about reaching out and trying to build strategic relationships and network or do something brave and bold and risk-taking, it's do it with someone and and lean into the support that you have around you, you know? And the third thing I would say is, this was a game changer for me, is realizing, and this is fact, that not everyone is going to like you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no, that just took me out right there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's scary. But if it's a fact that you can walk into a virtual room or enter a virtual room and know that you're just not going to win everyone over, I mean, my goodness, it kind of eases the pressure a bit, doesn't it? It It does. You just take off this heavy burden that we may have been carrying around. And we realize that we're going to have chemistry with somebody. It's going to be a great conversation. It's going to feel like magic. Sparks are going to fly. And then there may be another conversation 10 minutes later where it's completely flat. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with you. It's just, you know, sometimes there's chemistry and sometimes there's not. And recognizing that really gives you the permission to show up as you really are fully authentic and who you really are. And uh, you know that it's going to be okay. Tomorrow, the sun will rise and it's all going to be okay. <laughs> wow, that is so powerful because I think in, in many um, you know, work environments or just in life, we really want everyone to like us, right? Which is what you said. And, and that probably started from when we were little kids in middle school and you know, elementary school. We always wanted to make sure that we, we had a group of friends that would invite us to play kickball 
right? You didn't want to be the, the only odd person out, if that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes we carry that. But at the end of the day, um, just recognizing that we don't need everybody, right, in our community. We just need a few good people. And those who are naturally drawn and attracted to us will be. Um, and we don't have to force anything is what I hear you say. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And take the pressure wow. off ourselves. You know, go in intentional, but just ease the pressure of it. Love it. Love it. You know, how can we keep the momentum after networking and really be able to transition some of the folks in our network to mentors and sponsors, Um, not just in our professional lives, but even our personal lives? I think you need a personal board of directors that can support you in every aspect of your life. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. And I love how intentional you are around that. I've heard you talk about personal board of directors and I so admire and just get inspired every time you talk about that. And I, I'm a true believer as well, right? We can't do it alone. We need Mm -hmm. a community. We need a personal board of directors, people to cheerlead champion Mm -hmm. and coach us every step of the way. And I believe that it should be business and personal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we reach out and spark amazing conversations. I truly believe that there's a way to shift that to the next step, which is either a mentorship conversation, something I like to call a mentorship moment. You know, I think about mentorship and sponsorship. I use the analogy of dating. And I think so often today, the problem with mentorship today is that we skip the dating process and we go straight to that lifelong question of, will you be my mentor forever? <laughs> will right. you be my forever? And it's scary because we have no idea what that means. So instead of jumping through the whole dating process, start with the first date. And that first date is a mentorship moment. So let's say you have a great conversation with someone at a networking event, or you just met them in a grocery store, wherever it is, in a virtual webinar. And you thought, you think, I would love to have a half an hour conversation with this person just to follow up on something that they they were talking about or share something about my own career journey or where I'm at in my life and really get their advice. Set up a mentorship moment, which is essentially a time to have one-on-one, you know, come prepared for that meeting. Think about a few questions that you want to ask. Think maybe about one or two stories that you want to share. And most importantly, how you want to feel in the meeting or that Mm -hmm. first mentorship moment, right? Because I think so often we dive into the content. Yeah. Yet we forget to create the psychological safety and that safe space where we can really open up and share, where we can have more than just a superficial high and light conversation, but we can go deep and have a really meaningful connection and conversation with this person. So I think being intentional coming up with a few questions really helps, you know, that next one-on-one and it, mm-hmm. it also will help you feel more clear and confident in the way that you show up. And then depending on how that first meeting goes, then decide, okay, is this somebody who I want my corner? Do we see value both ways that this could be a long-term relationship? You know, could this person be the ideal mentor, somebody who could give me advice, somebody who is a few steps ahead in their career? or even potentially a sponsor, somebody who has that social equity and that career equity, and they're willing to put their chips on the line for me, that person who can advocate for me in rooms that I'm not in yet, right? Really, the difference between mentors and sponsors. And, you know, how am I adding value to them? So I think it's being really intentional and preparing for that meeting and diving into that. And this is an area I'm super passionate about because we see 
so often teams or new managers just struggling with, you know, it's, it's just how do you help people move to mentorship and actually make it sustainable? How do you help people build that psychological safety and measure success along the way to make sure we're doing it right? So we actually created a program that certifies mentors so that managers can build leadership equity and actually measure success along the way. And they can and they can have this global certification to talk about a performance reviews and leverage on LinkedIn and really wow. be proud of how they're showing up as a mentor. That is fantastic. You'll have to tell us about how to get uh, more information about that program. And then I want to make sure we capture all the ways that we can connect with you. We definitely want that information as well. Powerful. So really quickly, thinking about that, how can we leverage mentorship as a competitive advantage in our careers? And how do we make sure that we keep the momentum versus as a mentor, at sometimes you might lose steam? Yes. You know, I think it's really setting those objectives right from Mm -hmm. the beginning. Set the goals and objectives on both sides. What do you want to get out of this relationship? Committing to that and then revisiting that in a few months, whether that's six months or a few quarters or a year from now. And I think when you're intentional, set those goals, you know how to measure success. And I believe it's it's really articulating what you need from this mm-hmm. relationship and where you want to go in those growth areas. And in you know our platform, which I'll share more about later, mentorshipmoment.com, it's we give the step-by-step coaching tools to really help people navigate that and measure success and then kind of learn how to make that part of their own leadership brand. Love it. Love it. What does it look like to be visible in this environment right now? What advice do you have for us as leaders on how to show up and be more visible kind of in this virtual environment that we're facing right now? I love this. So be intentional. I think Mm -hmm. that we each have a choice about how we show up in every moment, every meeting, every day. And when we can be intentional, when we decide to walk into that virtual meeting or click, you know, camera on, (laughs) (laughs) it's, do we want to radiate joy? Do we want to radiate curiosity? Do we want to bring this challenging dynamic vibe in? You know, it's deciding how you want to show up in a time where there's a huge range of how people are feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think the flip side to that is also giving yourself permission to show up as you are. I think right now in the world, we're seeing the fear of differences. When I truly believe that we have the chance right now to harness our diversity as a strength. We can lean into our own uniqueness and our life stories and our career journeys Mm. and what makes us different and harness that to be exactly what the world needs right now. So I think we can do that in each meeting, in each moment, each day, in a very personal way, and then Mm -hmm. know that, that there's a ripple effect and then that will will really help us show up differently in in a bigger way in the world. Wow, I tell you, that just touched me so deeply in my heart, especially given the environment that we're facing right now with what's happening in our world, where we are not celebrating differences, we're weaponizing differences. And so thank you for saying that, because at the core, we're humans, we bring unique value to the table. The beauty is that we are not alike. And you know, I think a really practical way to do that too, because so often, Lakeisha, people will ask, well, what makes me different, right? It, like, what is it about me that makes me truly unique? And so there's mm-hmm. a wonderful exercise that I think it's, it's super simple and it's powerful. So I encourage everyone to do this in the next 24 hours. Send an email out to 10 people in your life, mm-hmm. five on the business side, 
five on the personal side, people who know you, who love you, who have had the experience of working with you, you know, and ask them what three words describe me best. And I guarantee the stories, the words, the examples that come back will just light you up. But what's more important is that you'll be understanding from your target audience. These are the people that you love and who love you. You'll be understanding the value, the unique value that you bring to their lives. Mm -hmm. This is really a great way to pinpoint what makes you unique and your own personal brand. Love it. Love it. Thank you for highlighting that. That's something that you share with me a few years back. And another friend of mine too, she does that. And I've, I've leveraged that in my life and I love doing it periodically. Because for one, you get a chance to know how you're being perceived, what value you're bringing to your point, how people enjoy you, how they experience you, and they want to share. So thank you for calling that out. I need to review that exercise, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we wrap up and get to our lightning round, I just want to ask, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that I didn't give you a chance to share yet? I'm so inspired by your community and I want to put that offer out. If anyone is curious about mentorship or how you can make mentorship a real part of your leadership equity, whether you're a new manager, people leader, or have been doing it for many years and trying to figure out the ROI on this, please reach out to us because we're doing a lot of really cool work in this area and we're really passionate about certifying global mentors to help them get to that next level in their career. So you can visit us at mentorshipmoment.com or reach out to me, you know, on LinkedIn or via the website or my email address anyway. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, I tell you, we could continue talking on this topic all day because we're both energized by it, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I know I can't keep you all day. And so let's do a little bit of, have a little bit of fun and, and move into our lightning round of questions. And I'll say a word or phrase And you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Ready? Ready. All right. Favorite food? (laughs) Ooh, sushi. Ooh, I love sushi. I'm learning to love sushi. (laughs) Okay. Any particular roll? Oh, a spicy salmon maki roll. Love it. I'm getting hungry, Lakeisha. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Got a few hours till lunchtime, right? Um, Guilty pleasure. Oh, Chocolate. I mean, any type of chocolate, but I used to live in Switzerland. So any chocolate. (laughs) My God, you had the best of the best. Okay. (laughs) Maybe your favorite book. You know what? I just finished two amazing books. I'm going to cheat and give two. Yes. Untamed by Glendon Doyle. I loved it. Just finished that one. And a book I also just finished, Ichigo Ichie. It's, um, a really cool book about the art, the Japanese art of making the most of every moment. And I actually bought it, spoiler alert, I bought it for my dad for Father's Day that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of those. I've seen Untamed, I think, just came out. I saw a bunch of advertisement for that. And they're saying, you got to pick it up. Yes, it's incredible. Really, like, very personal stories. Covers a lot of really deep topics in a practical and loving and vulnerable way. Wow. Awesome. Thank you for that. We'll take two. Okay. (laughs) All right. Your dream vacation. Oh, right now it is Madagascar. Just can't wait to explore Madagascar, all their nature and animals and all that kind of stuff. So that's on my wish list. Awesome. And who inspires you? So many people, you, you being one of them. Oh, Um, so kind. (laughs) Thank you. Right now it is Sarah Blakely. 
Because mm. when I think about an awesome female entrepreneur, she's the co-founder or the founder of Spanx. She started her business with $5,000 and she's on this mission to inspire and empower women. And that's very close to my mission as well. So I just really love seeing how she balances work and life and four kids and all that kind of stuff. Just work-life harmony. I think she's a rock star. Wow. I love that. Yeah, she is amazing. I follow her as well. Well, I tell you, I've so enjoyed our time together today and I want to make sure my listeners have an opportunity to stay connected with you. And so give us a few ways that we can connect. Uh, LinkedIn, you're on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. You can check out Adessa Global Leadership dot com mentorship moment dot com and if you want to email me directly it's tanya at desa global leadership dot com awesome well i tell you i've enjoyed you thank you so much for your time i so appreciate you tanya and look forward to connecting on some other projects this year yes that sounds fantastic thank you for everything that you do lakeisha i love your energy and just who you are and how you show up in the world so thank you thank you so much it's been a pleasure Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Roar. Tune in next time for more awesome talks with people at the top. Don't forget to subscribe and share so you're the first to know when our newest episodes are available. Until next time.